0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sport and Limerick Soccer Podcast. Uh, I don't know about the boys, but I'm certainly showing the gear off here tonight. The new gear I got for the for the season uh, in sport of Treaty United. Um, Noel, we'll, we'll start off with yourself this evening. Uh, Great uh, cause for optimism, I suppose, at the weekend. All with, with no place better to start than the nil-all draw earned at Bray Wanderers. Uh, Bray Wanderers, as we we suggested, are one of the motion favourites uh, for the new campaign. Uh, it was very hard fought, and uh, as I said to you, definitely cause for optimism to get that draw in Carlisle grounds.
1: Absolutely, I mean, what a fantastic start for for the club as a whole, and obviously for for the group. Um, I'm sure. You know, we were obviously watching on the live stream and you could you see the conditions. They were, you know, they were a bit tricky, a bit windy and that. And I suppose, you know, when you are the underdog and you're going into your first game, you know, you'd be happy. You know, if, if you know if you know your team are up for the battle and I thought they battled superbly um, to a man. Um, they fought, you know, like demons and they got behind the ball and they worked really, really hard. And, you know, you'd worry a bit with the sending off, but, um, you know, they just got a small bit deeper and they really limited and, and frustrated um, Bray. So, you know, to start away from home against one of the, the favourites to do well in the league, to get a point away from home, to get your first clean sheet, um, it was probably the perfect day.
0: Yeah, Jason, you obviously mentioned in previous weeks, maybe you're concerned that, that Tommy, you know, would would not uh, change his, his ideals. Uh and we felt, you know, that going to, you know, the bigger teams in the division, that obviously that would have to be the case. Um, you know, it was it was great though, to see the defensive solidity and and the work ethic, uh, Jason. It must have, have given you a cause
2: for optimism as well. Oh, it did, Adrian. Look, Tammy knows me a long time and, and I love their performances. You know, I, I love to see a squad digging in and, and fighting and, and getting the result and, the organisation was first class. You know, I have to I have to commend Tommy on that. Um, I was very impressed with Ty Ryan right from the beginning. Three minutes in, coming for a cross and and his punches clear the box Adrian, You know, and that breeds confidence to the whole team. I suppose, but you don't want to be singling people out, obviously Mark Walsh, someone we hadn't seen a great deal of. Um, you know, he was in that loan many years ago, but. That's a long time ago, now, you know. And he's been he's been playing junior football since. He did an excellent job with Jack Lynch in the middle, and I was very impressed with Kieran Hanlon. His work rate, holding up the ball, really, really good. And and we spoke in previous weeks, I suppose, how important that is for a team who are going to be on on the back foot a lot. And um, the two wide players done exceptionally well defensively. You could see even from their runs and trying to get forward and things like that. They're out the of position, but they had a job to do on the day. Um, they stuck to it to a man. And uh, Tommy won't mind me saying, a, a real Neil Warnock set up from him, um, which was positive and a great result and a great start. And And I was delighted for the lads and, and delighted for Tommy. Yeah, obviously all as well. It was, it was great
0: to see Sean Gearns, Mark Walton, and Anthony O'Donnell, three uh, players that have had experience in the league maybe eight, nine years ago. Uh, but very little since then uh, stepping up to the plate when you were missing, uh, you know, the likes of Joel Castrain, Clyde O'Connell on the day. You need a players to step up. I mentioned that to Tommy, you know, and now at least he knows that if those players are called upon, that they, they'll certainly be able to do a job um, uh, for the season.
1: And that's true. And we were mentioning that during the pre-season as well, you know, that you're looking to see guys in it, in a bit of form. And I suppose his hand was was forced a little bit on uh, on Sunday with... Uh, Cole Strain and Clyde O'Connell out and sometimes you're left with no choice and you throw these guys in and they surely paid him back in spades and it kind of broadens out the squad base if you like because I know myself when you're in that situation you're looking at a guy and you're wondering you know should you know should you put him in or should you bring him on but like you know those guys have really put their hands up now and say look you know you can have 100% confidence in me. If you need me for the start of the game or for the last 10 minutes, whatever, I'm ready to perform. And that's all good news for the squad and the management.
0: Yeah, Jason, the only downside on, on the performance was obviously the, the sending off of Sean McSweeney for two bookable offences uh, with approximately 25 minutes to go. And um, it actually kind of created a bit of gloss, added a bit of gloss, to say, sorry, to the, to, the, to the earning of the, the draw, Uh, The fact that they had to do that with 10 men, I mean, you definitely would have feared the worst considering it would have been hard with 11 anyway. Uh, when brave when were under pressure um, it's, it's a massive loss though for for the game coming up and you know it was, it was the first yellow card as I mentioned to Tommy was was the real killer where it was kind of very, for kind of a, a bit of an assault if you want you know I know that's a very strong strong word to say but you know catching, catching a player maybe by the, the throat or by the jersey aggressively the second one was for a tackle but it's not something you'd, you'd like to see that Tommy can afford maybe to, to continue throughout the season and hopefully it was just a one-off situation
2: no, I suppose with my own League of Ireland disciplinary record, I, mean, I can't afford yeah. you. be too harsh, but you'd be disappointed in the first one. Um, Petulance, really. Um, and so soon after half-time would be the worrying bit for me. His body language wasn't great. And like yourself, I was watching it online and, and doing a few notes, you know, and, and I actually noted when he was booked and I noted his body language wasn't great. Probably frustration or of Sean, you know, especially when he sees Kieran Handling going off and and Ed Woodward going on and look, no disrespect, Ed, he's not a centre-forward and where is Sean going with the ball when he gets it is probably where that frustration is coming out of. That's making the case for him. Um, Look, it's not good. First game of the season, is not ideal And, and he's a big player, I suppose, for our treaty that from an attacking sense that we were looking for, you know, for goals and assists and things like that and, He's going to be a big miss this week against Wexford, that's for sure. Um, must have been something in the air over the weekend. Glenn McCauley, another one that I said look out for. He he got a red card just on half time, uh, for shells against Galway. So, yeah, look, disappointed in Sean. He'll definitely be a loss, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, Noel, when when I spoke to Tommy afterwards, uh, in the pre post match, uh, Press conference. it was clear to, to see that he didn't agree with our assertion anyway, that we literally United could finish 7th or 8th in the division. Uh, to be honest, he, he said that, you know, that he feels maybe it was a tiny bit too ambitious by, by the sounds of it. And um, he also said that, you know, Treaty would be one of the, or not one of, but the only amateur side uh, in the first division. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that Cavantilly Cove and... Uh, Wexford in, in particular would have would have something to say about that, uh, Noel. Um, that's that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it's interesting. All right, I mean, I to be the first thing I'd like to say is I don't actually like that word amateur at all, and I don't think any of those clubs would like to be called amateur. Um, I I think you have a choice. You know, you can choose to be professional or unprofessional. Um, I don't think that any of the treaty guys are unprofessional from what I've seen and um, they put a massive effort in in terms of their conditioning you know even outside the training with the club you know how they eat how they rest and um, the way they mentally prepare and um, some really good professionals I thought on the pitch you know you like Jason said earlier on you're low to, to pick out people but we've already mentioned uh, Mark Mark Ludden as a real professional and I suppose you know the advantage for Treaty with him is he didn't want to go full-time professional, but I, I don't think that makes him an amateur. He certainly is a professional as far as I'm concerned, the way he conducts himself and the way he plays. Jacqueline should be another good example of that. Um, I was a bit surprised with it, to be honest with you, because I'm sure that Tommy sat down with the board you know, before the start of the season and they discussed you know, the budget, and uh, it was all agreed. Um, I think they're in a great position. Uh, Tommy has to realise that you know a budget in the club is not just about the players. There's obviously other um, factors to be taken in, like training facilities, match facilities, insurance, um, the physio and the medic, and all that. And I'd like to think, and again we've mentioned this before, that you know this group, this board, you know they'll be very shrewd in terms of making sure that they honour all their um, expenses that they're going to have. And um, to know that as a manager and a player is very, very important because, you know, we've probably seen too many fictional budgets uh, in Limerick down, down through the years where they last for about four weeks. And I don't think that's, you know, that that's not going to happen here. But in, in terms of comparing ourselves to Cove and, and Wexford, um, I think, you know, if you look at Treaty the nearest League of Ireland club is 60 miles away in Galway or 60 miles away in Cork. You know, there's a massive pick. We've won the best grounds uh, in the country, home grounds, and, you know, and a massive catchment area. If you want to compare yourself to Cove, like that has kind of the big brother of Cork city looming over them. Um, Wexford have Waterford 25 miles away who are in the premier and a strong Brayside 40 miles away. And I I know he mentioned a few loan signings that, uh, Wexford have with the guys that they would have got, in fairness, if they were anywhere close to getting first-team football for their parent clubs, they certainly wouldn't be with Wexford. So, uh, I mean, I think the budget is done and dusted. It's agreed, and I think, it, you know, it, it really isn't part of the agenda from now on. The first game is, is is done and dusted. They've got a great point, and they should just focus on what they have and not be comparing, you know, ourselves to the likes of Cove or, or Wexford or our Cabinteely.
0: Yeah, Jason, I suppose Noel brings up a a good point because to give Tommy and the players their due, as you mentioned previously as well, like they are training up to four times a week as well as playing games, you know, which is obviously, you know, a a massive commitment. But outside of maybe like Galway and Shelburne, who obviously the players, it's their full-time job. They'll obviously, you know, have maybe better time to recover. Everyone, I suppose, in the first division would be in a similar uh, situation uh, in that respect. And, um, you know, I suppose that, that's the thing, you know, that maybe that's why expectation for Treaty as well, because Tommy's done a great job, obviously, in getting, you know, 25 players signed um, for the season. It was 26. Um, we'll go on to that in a bit, but uh, t- there was 25 players signed of very decent quality. So realistically, I suppose he probably has to expect that with the performance as well from Sunday, that expectations
2: will rise that little bit as well. Oh, there and look... We want them to rise. Do you know, we see the the positivity positivity around the club and we see the growth that there is in, in Limerick and in the region for senior soccer. It's Tommy's job, I suppose, as the manager to keep expectations low, which will keep the pressure off himself, I suppose. But when I was asked for my prediction for the season, I'm not going to sit here as a proud Limerick man and say, 3-2 going to finish bottom. That's not what I want for the club. I don't think it's what Tommy wants for the club. Um, they're certainly, I'd agree with Noel, they're certainly not amateur in their in their approach as a club. But as I said, I think it's just his way of trying to dampen expectations and that every little result then that they get will be a boost. But that'll be the case anyway. You know, look, there'll be games you'll target for three points. That's the approach I would always take. Sunday against Bray was a bonus, a definite bonus point, because I don't think there's too many that will go to Brain and especially in the bottom half and come away with a point. So expectations will rise. We want them to rise. And I suppose Tommy is just trying to keep it it on the low down as small as. Yeah, I know. Wexford FC do come to
0: town as we mentioned earlier Friday evening. First home game of the season. Obviously a lot of excitement uh, around the the city I can imagine. I know that it won't be the same obviously watching it from a stream like it would have been if if people were uh, permitted to attend the game. And um, it's, it's it's a bit of a different game, Noel, in the fact that we went to Bray with uh, zero expectation whatsoever in an attacking sense. You know, anything would have done, uh, Jason mentioned earlier on, you know, you, you could tell Matt Keane and Edward Carty were, were not natural wingers, but it suited us on the day. They worked really hard. They protected their full backs whenever they could. Um, we didn't offer anything going forward, but that was to be... Expected, and there will be more uh, expected of them in an attacking sense Friday night. I'm not saying you know we're going to see a massive difference and a goal glut from the team, but you know that does bring probably a different pressure in that the the team will be expecting to create more chances uh, because that just comes with territory being at home anyway.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that, and also I mean they're going to have more possession. I feel you know, there's they're going to have a lot more possession um, in this game, Um, it probably will be a lot more open game. Um, we know Wexford lost uh, last week in their first game. Um, Jack Doherty is reputed to be back this week. So he's a kind of, he's their Sean McSweeney, if you like, uh, who they didn't have last week. Now, uh, we've seen the goals that they've conceded and certainly um, they seem to be fairly weak on on, on, on the set plays. And, uh, you know, you'd look, I, I already thought that in the preseason, some of the deliveries from... Treaty were excellent and they certainly have a few good targets um, to hit with the likes of Kieran O'Hanlon and uh, Jack Lynch and Clyde O'Connell, just to mention three. So I, I could see them certainly looking to, to impact there, but it will certainly be an open game and um, it wouldn't be easy to predict the result of that. Um, and in fairness, and we've always said it, you know, you get some mad results, um, particularly in the first phase of the first division every year. So teams are finding their feet, they're finding a bit of form. There's no kind of uh, pattern, and that generally doesn't come till towards the end of, of the second um, series of games. So certainly it's a real 50-50, I think, on, uh, on Friday night.
0: Yeah, Jason, I watched the Wexford, and the majority anyway, about 80 minutes of the Wexford and Cabin uh, game on the League of Ireland TV stream back. I didn't watch it live, obviously, but... Um, it was interesting they have 3 center backs jason which we know we know we certainly know you love but it was uh it was it was difficult in my opinion to make out exactly what way they were they were shaped outside of that like i said i said it to noel earlier on that it felt like it was almost a three four 3 with how with how high uh, paul fox was playing in in the team and i'm pretty sure he was supposed to be part of maybe a five i'm not so sure um, do you think if it was which the case that it was a 3 four 3 that they would be that ambitious going to the market field?
2: I think that we'll Adrian, you know, um, they were looking at last week, I suppose, and, and I keep going back to it like there's priority games for everybody um, across the season. And and if you're Wexford, if you're Cabin Teely, if you're Treaty, if you've accepted you're going to be in that bottom five, then the games against the other bottom five teams are, are priority games and you want to be getting something out of it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them take the same approach. Uh, we saw the conditions in. In Bray last Sunday, and possibly suited Treaty more than than Bray Wanderers, and I was always of the opinion when teams came to the Markets Field that they enjoyed the, the pitch and they enjoyed the, the stadium, and they weren't really intimidated coming to the Markets Field, and and I think that could be the same again on Friday. Wexford will be coming; they'll be looking for a result, Do you know. As I as I told you a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to Brian O'Sullivan during preseason, and. He's confident enough with the group that he has and they'll want to bounce back. Noel mentioned that they weren't great from defending set pieces, but Treaty conceded eight corners last week against Bray and, and Wexford, Wexford's goal against Cabin Thiele came from a corner, as you know, from a Luke Turner header. So we'll need to tighten up on that side of things. It'd be interesting to see will Tommy now change the formation um, or will he just go the same again? You know, because obviously we know Sweeney is out, Clyde is back in, and you'd hope that, that Joel is back in. And if they're playing three at the back, would Tommy be tempted to go like for like up against them because he does have the personnel. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and Noel, that that is a, a vital part of the game in any division, Though, Like we were talking about set pieces, like it was I, I felt that Wexford really, you know, there was Campilly could have had three to four goals. From it, like in set pieces, and they are a very young side as well. So you know they'll obviously, you know, maybe it's down to a bit of responsibility as well. Um, but it's certainly if, if we were spotting that, you can certainly be sure that Tommy Barrett and the management team were spotting that, and that'll be an area that they will definitely be targeting, like you said.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you find I'm sure it was a discussion in Wexler as well. But sometimes it just isn't it just isn't that easy to fix. And uh, if, if you do concede one, and maybe nearly concede a few more. You know, guys get kind of nervous around them, and you know there's kind of a mental block. Um, it can take a while to sort that out, and certainly, you you know, at times you you need to change the personnel because, for all we know, you know, there the organization is being put down for them, say in the dressing room and during the week, but they're not carrying it out on on the pitch. But it might be too it might be too soon to say that. But um, I certainly think that with the with the players that treaty have on the pitch if Clyde obviously plays in that that they're going to be a real handful from set plays um I doubt that Western will get eight eight corners either I oh. think like that's probably down to the fact that Gray really had a monopoly on on the possession and with the wind that was blown I suppose um it probably gave a bit of a of an overload in terms of corners so um we'll just have to wait and see
0: yeah, it was an it was an interesting weekend across the board, uh, Jason, in the division. Um, I have to say before the Macaulay and even after Macaulay sending off, I was quite impressed by Shelburne uh, in their uh, nil-all draw with Galway. Um, even though I was, uh, you know, having shown my bias and saying that they might not be in the in the top two, but um, yeah, it was it was a, a very good result for Shelburne, considering, um, Jason, and, you know, they they would have certainly been the happier the two sides coming away from that one.
2: Oh, definitely, Adrian. You know, to lose Glenn McCauley that early in the game, um, they took off Yo-Yo Maddy and replaced him with Michael O'Connor, which was a very good move as well. Michael was very good in the second half, held the ball up really, really well. JJ Luddy in the middle of the pitch looked really good for Shelburne as well. I was disappointed in, in the midfield too, uh, for Galway, Shane Duggan, obviously, and, and Conor McCormack. And it was something that Noel said a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was apparent on Friday night that Galway are a bit light in, in the attacking area. And Noel quite rightly said that a couple of weeks ago, and that was evident um, on Friday night. But I was disappointed, as I said, in the two midfield players. They didn't create a whole pile. There was a lot of sideways passes. There was a lot of backwards passes. Were dropping deep to pick up the ball. And there was a lack of intensity, and and I was disappointed in Galway, Adrian. If I'm honest, and I'd agree with you that Shelburne looked the better side. Yeah, i have to say all, no, I totally agree
0: with Jason when when he said about maybe cyber passes and and backwards passes, because there was very there was very little creativity from Galway when Shelburne were down to ten, and when they, the onus, onus was on them to break Shelburne down. I mean, there was a lot of um, maybe like you know deep crosses from areas where there was absolutely no angle as well uh, for for the players inside the box to attack, and it kind of played into Shelburne's hands. I felt as well a bit.
1: Yeah, and Jason's spot on there because certainly in the second half, there was a a monopoly possession for Galway, really, baronade breakout from Shelburne. Um, From that point of view, I mean, I think that if I was involved with Shelburne and I knew the squad I had and I was wondering were they up for the scrap, some of their defending was magnificent and they worked so hard in that second half down to 10 men and that's obviously vital. So, you know, they probably showed us that they haven't just just got a good squad, but they seem to have the real desire to do well as well. So that would be a real flip for, for, for the Shelburne management. I, I did feel that I saw Shane Duggan, and I thought he played quite well in fairness, but I was surprised that, you know, they tried to get into the box two times. There was some brilliant defending by Shelburne, but he never actually got himself teed up, if you like, for one of these trademark strikes uh, from in around the uh, edge of the box. and I thought with 10 or 15 minutes to go where they'd kind of thrown the kitchen sink at them and nothing really happened that they didn't kind of work or try and work a situation where he could get a strike or two away for the last 10 or 15 minutes and, and maybe get the winning goal that way. But I, 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 I think that they probably would be disappointed after. And it definitely was apparent that there looks like that there's a kind of a, a lack of goal power in, 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 in the Galway United team. And uh, it could, um, hamstring their efforts um, in terms of winning the league
0: yeah certainly because obviously Bray can always say that they have Gary Shaw coming back he must have been uh, he must have been carrying an injury because he was warming up a bit on the sideline all game on Sunday but he never came on and they certainly would have thrown him on if, if he was fit you'd imagine but yeah to move to move on I suppose to another to the to Munster Derby Jason Cork City uh, had a 2-1 victory a tight one over Cove Ramblers but uh, by by all accounts apparently the Cove showed a lot of the grit and determination that they, they had last season as well um, and also impressed um, but you know a great great start for, for Colin Healy and Cork City
2: to actually ca- overcome that and get the victory as well Well oh, definitely Adrian you know we'd expect that in the Derby obviously um, that no one should be given but I think that'll be that'll be Cove throughout the season there's no one going to get it handy off them. That's for sure. Um, big result for Cork, uh, even though it was, I suppose, a goalkeeper's error, maybe that that led to the winner, but big result for them and three points on the board that they'll be delighted with. Yeah, absolutely. Noel, uh, a, a team that you have picked to finish bottom, showed a lot of character
0: as well in, uh, in getting a 94-minute equaliser to Belfield Bowl. Adam Wickstead uh, rescued a point for Athlone Town uh, against UCD. Um, considering, you know, everything that's been done for them in pre-season, that was massive for them, uh, confidence-wise, because if you're coming out of UCD with another defeat, it's starting to become almost a habit then if you lose games, even though people say you don't read anything into pre-season friendlies, it, it can eat into players though, you know, especially if you lose your first competitive game like that. So, so you know, it was a big turnaround for them with a the last-minute goal.
1: Absolutely, and it was a bit like 3D, if you like, you know, getting the point, it feels like a win. And, and I always say about a draw... You know, if you're winning a game 2-1 going into the last minute and you end up drawing a 2-all, it feels like a defeat. And if you're 2-1 down going into the last minute, it feels like a win. But, you know, it's the actual the same result and, and you still have a, a point. So, so psychologically, certainly very, very important. But it's still early days. I just hope that uh, that podcast wasn't used as a motivational tool before... Uh, before the game or maybe at half time by the loan management.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I heard Declan Considine passed it on to Adrian Carpere to hang it up uh, and uh, hang up a picture of you inside of the dressing room. Uh, no, but um it's, it promises to be another really uh, uh big weekend uh, in the, the first division you've got four games Friday scheduled for Friday evening you've got the, the one on uh, Saturday night but to stick uh, maybe to to a prediction for treaty treaty united and uh Wexford it's going to be a very difficult one to call, Jason, because, as you said, early in, in, in the season as well, and these two teams, no matter what, either manager will say will definitely be targeting the three points out of this one. Um, what way, if you were to give a score prediction, do you see it going?
2: Look, I suppose after last week, the, the four book was was ripped up, I suppose, Adrian, but you have to make, a, I suppose, a call in it. Look, you're Tommy Barris you're at home to Wexford. They're going to be in that bottom five, which you've got to be targeting it for three points. He's not going to admit that. We know Tommy already. He's going to play things down and he's going to say about the squad being late and fitness and behind everybody. But listen, in reality, they've got to be looking to win the game. They have to be. And that has to be seen in their performance. And they have to be on the front foot. Great to see Joel. Look, fingers crossed that he is back. But the word coming out of the camp is he will be available. Having Clyde O'Connell back in there would be a great asset also. Look, there won't be much in it, Adrian, and I don't think there's a whole pile of goals in this Treaty team. So, Treaty by a goal would be my hope. Um, I'd definitely take a point again if I was Tommy. Would you agree with that, Noel?
1: Yeah, I think, um, Jason's right, I was kind of mulling over a score in my head and I suppose I'm thinking of a of a 2-1 victory for for Treaty in what's going to look to me is going to be kind of a very open game I think both teams will create probably more chances than than we think, but it's one thing to create them and another thing to convert them. So probably a, uh, a narrow home victory. I think that's important as well. I mean, obviously they've they've gone away from home and got a point, but they need to think about you know making the Marcus Field a fortress and making sure that while teams may enjoy looking around it. You know, when they arrive and think it's a great stadium, that they certainly won't enjoy their time uh, during the match.